Christian Ministries proudly presents our Faith Week. This is part four in a series designed to equip, encourage, and instill hope. Join Pastor Ashley Ellison as he speaks to us on faith. Hebrews eleven twenty nine. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. Verse 30 says it was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. As a kid, that was one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And it just, it's been something for years that makes no strategic military sense to do what happened. You got to know that God gave a plan and they followed the plan because they believed the promise. I mean, you can't not know that. Walk around, don't say anything, and then shout, and then we're going to take the city. That, I just, that's a God plan. And I kind of identify with that. Go ahead and start a church at the end of a road, a dead-end road, and it's a dirt road, and trees are hanging over the road, and go ahead and start a church there. with nobody. Nobody's going to drive by there by accident and see our church. Well, they don't make any sense. But God said to do that, and so I just said, okay. And we did it, and victory. And I want to give you some, just some general applications, some truth today. I love the story of Jericho because I identify with it. I've been studying some real life truths out of the story of Joshua. And if you want to turn there, you're welcome to. The Old Testament is so intriguing to me because it gives such a great picture of an understanding of how God wants to do things in our life. And, and in Hebrews, it was talking about that. He used a lot of the stories of people from the Old Testament, and he's saying it was by faith these guys did this in the Old Testament. And the reason why we have it is because there is, there is applicable truths that make sense in how I live my life today. And so as I read Joshua, I, I, the reason why I go there is because Romans 15, 4 says, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we can have hope. So if that's the case, I, I've got to know about that. Faith is the substance of what we're hoping for. So I, I, I'm going to read the Old Testament and I'm going to get some hope. And therefore, with that hope, I'm going to look at it as that substance for me because of the faith that I put behind it. He, he wants us to enter his promises. And as you look at Joshua, Joshua kind of took the job because God told him in, in Joshua 1 verse 2, the time has come for you to lead God's people, his people, into the promise. But that don't happen for a couple of chapters into Joshua. What he did in the first few chapters was he got the people prepared for the victory. And there was a plan that had to take place before the promise. And I thought it was real interesting as I've studied this, and God laid this on my heart. We as Christian people have to quit saying, well, whatever happens, happens. No, 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 no. Whatever happens doesn't have to just happen. We, because of what Jesus did, have some abilities because he has given us, have given us some authority, some things we can stand on, and things don't have to just happen because they happen. And I hate it when I hear people say that. I want to say, whoa, 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 there's some promises, and if we'll get the promise in our hearts, then God will give us the plan, and then we'll walk into the promise. That's exactly what he did for Joshua. And so just some real 
practical applications. God does things in us to prepare us for victory if we will allow him to. We've got a part in this. If you want to have victory like God's people did, if you want to walk into a faith victory, I've been living this by faith, and you want to see that come to pass, you want to experience it, Joshua was preparing God's people to receive the promised land just as Moses had been doing. I mean, it's for them. And there are some things that need to happen before they receive the promise. So I've got a three-point message today that's just a real teaching and applicable message, I think, that will help us so that we can do the plan so we can receive the promise. So when you get the promise, you've got to implement some things. The first thing i got today, God's people are motivated by what he has done. God's people ought to be motivated by what he has done. Joshua chapter 4, verse 21 it says, then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. This is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea. When he dried it up, it wasn't until we had all crossed over. He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful, and so you might fear the Lord God forever. You want to see a future faith victory, you've got to remember what God has done. I love that I'm speaking this message on the anniversary of this church. You've got to remember what God has done. Well, I wasn't there. Well, we're going to keep talking about it because that house is still there, and it represents a youth group. It represents a start. And I, I can go right back to the house that our church and right to the living room where I, our church There are some things in my life that I've got a little pile of rocks that I can say for generations to come. I want to tell you what has happened here. This is important. And that's what the Israelites were told. Joshua told them, in the future your children ask, what do these stones mean? You better have something representing where you've been and what you've come from. See, there are so many who in the middle of their crisis, they blow a situation up so big, they forget the last victory that God brought them through. And I'm all the time trying to remind people, hey, whoa, whoa, wait a minute here. I know this is big, but God did it before. He'll do it again. And that's where Joshua was. He was telling them, God didn't leave anything undone. In Scripture now, as we've got the New Testament, you've got to know He made a way for all of us. And if we would start thinking about past victories, it would get us to a place that you could look at the crisis that you're in, remembering the faith that got you through that, and now I've got that as a faith builder because the Word of God was real there, and I'm not going to forget it. And I'm going to look at these past victories, and it'll give me some excitement and some hope for what I'm facing right now. Second thing. God calls for some things to be cut away. In the process of bringing us to a victory, and we're living by faith, we're living based on a promise that's coming. Well, before we're to receive the promise, the plan sometimes is some things got to be cut away. Joshua chapter 5, verse 2 says, At that time the Lord told Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise this second generation of Israelites. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcise the entire male population of Israel. God's bringing them to the promised land, and he says, hey, there's something that I had asked you to do, and you haven't done it. There's some things that need to be done. 
There's some cutting away. And I want you to get the spiritual truth of what's going on here. He was saying, in order for you to have victory, there's some things I've spoken to you about, and you need to take care of that. I watch people miss what was theirs because they weren't willing to cut away some things that were not going to allow them to have what God had for them. So there's some cutting away. In your situation, you're wanting victory, and there's some things in your life that are hindering you from living in the place that God wants you to live. I've, and you can just go to 100 places here. Sometimes there are things God's dealing with you specifically about, and you're holding on to glue instead of scissors. You know, this has got to go. This has got to go. This can't be here anymore. You can't keep walking in and talking to your wife the way you're talking to her and expect for the blessing of a great marriage to come. See, that's not going to work. Some attitudes got to change. Some anger's got to change. Some bitterness, some skepticism, some conceit. Ways that, well, that's just the way I am. That's the way I've always done it. Well, you need to cut that away. God's given you the power, but he's expecting you to get the scissors out. Addictions, hobbies, friends, internet, video games, TV shows, movies, how you entertain yourself. Maybe it's not a sin issue, it's a priority issue. It's not that what you're doing is sinful. I'm talking to young people about this all the time. And they're needing a spiritual shakeup. Listen, you're missing youth group, but you're spending 40 hours a week on the computer. You're playing these games, and you're not going to miss this big game that's coming up. And I'm talking about, it's amazing what they can do on those games. And we've got a bunch of people saying that game is a sin. The game's not a sin. The problem is, is you're prioritizing it. It's causing you to miss the promises of God. See, some cutting away needs to happen here. That doesn't need to be there. You know, sometimes it's religion that you're operating in instead of a relationship. You, get, you got all the specifics of what you need to be doing with the Word, but the last time you spent time with Him, you don't even remember. The Holy Spirit doing some spiritual inventory. God, right now, help me. See, how many of these new revelations from the Lord have you received? Well, there's not any new revelations. I get that. They all have been there for a long time. The problem is it's not been new for you. And we've got to get some new revelations where we're going, what we're doing. How many altar calls have you missed over the past five years that God could have really done something? There was an altar call, there was a time, and you just, I'm fine, I'm doing everything right, I'm in church every Sunday with my kids, and he was wanting to cut some things away or help you to get rid of some things, and you just holding on to that seat, I'm not going down front. Everybody will think i got a problem. You do. <laughs> and maybe everybody else knows it, and they're just waiting for you to go. There should be such an intensity in our lives to honor God that we don't want to do anything else. I want God to be pleased. And if I've got him being pleased, then I don't have time for this other stuff that's taken over. Number three in the last one today. We've got to get to a place where we are more committed to the future than we are the past. Joshua chapter 5, verse 10. Oh, I love this scripture. God spoke so much to me through this. While the Israelites were camped at Gilgal, on the plains of Jericho, they celebrated Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the first month. Verse 11, the very next day, they began to eat unleavened bread and roasted grain harvested from the land. 12, 
no manna appeared on the day they first ate from the crops of the land, and it was never seen again. So from that time on, the Israelites ate from the crops of Canaan. Okay, they've got the ability now to receive the blessing of God, but they've got to put their hand to the plow. And I just, my mind as I read scripture, I'm not trying to add to the story, but I just try to think about what people are doing in these stories. <laughs> and I usually think based on what I've experienced, as that's mostly what we do. We think based on our experiences. Joshua chapter 5 verse 10 talks about this manna appearing, and it was all wonderful, but then no manna appearing. I, I can hear people. You know what? This manna It's been great. There's not been any preparing meals. I mean, God has provided this and it's been great and it's all we needed. But now manna is not coming. And you're going into the next season or you're going into the next new or you're believing God for the next promise. And and, and all of a sudden there's no manna. No manna? But what are we going to do? You're on good soil. So now you've got to put your hand to the plow, start planting some seed, and produce the harvest. And God said, lots of churches have experienced manna falling from heaven. I've seen it time and time again all across the country. They experienced and they can tell you about what happened. This manna was awesome. Let me tell you the stories of what it was great. Last night was awesome. And we get so caught up on this one experience just last night or any time prior to that. It was the greatest thing that ever happened to me the day I got saved. I'm not denying that that was awesome. But maybe it was two years ago. Maybe it was ten years ago. And it was awesome. And you hold on to that feeling and how great it was to know that you have salvation. And I'm all about that. But that's where we leave. And we say, that's my experience with God. And that's why you've got churches who were built in our area in a 15-mile radius since I I did some checking on this and it was amazing to me of all the churches in our area, the last big building project that they had for any of the churches that were believing God by faith was in 1972. That's why all the churches in our area look identical. They're a little church that will hold less than a hundred people. And I'm not saying that they're not ministering to people. So I'm not here to put them down. I'd rather be a church on every corner than a bar on one. So I'm, I'm thankful for our churches. Don't hear that. But what's sad to me is we have got to a place where we're looking more at the past victories than we are believing God for future victories. And I think this is a big deal because it happens in churches all the time. It happens in my church. I'm telling you, there was a day and time we were having church in a shop. It was a pole barn. It was a 30 by 40 pole barn. We were so grateful for that. We, we had a stove, a wood-burning stove for our heat. And on Saturdays, the men of our church would go out and we would cut wood. And then we would get there early on Sunday morning to make sure this pole barn was heated up. And we'd have church in a pole barn. That was the first place Tim ever came to our church and preached. In a pole barn. And they were all loving it. And then we got into the next building and they were loving that. But you know what I have heard a few times? I just wish we could go back to that pole barn. I've heard it. It was so great back then. It was just wonderful. The Spirit of God was so powerful back then. 
And then we moved out of the building that we, the next one, and oh man, I'm just missing that lower building. That was just so much fun. And I wish youth was the way it used to be. You remember when CMA started, our Christian Ministries Academy, how wonderful it was when it was a little smaller and more, and when the church was the size that everyone knew everyone. I hear that all the time. I just don't know these people. I don't know them. Well, you're not wanting to know them. You're living in the past. There's a future. There's a hope for a future. And if we're going to have a faith understanding, we got to get to a place where we get more committed to the future than we're committed to the past. I just think it, we, no more manna, what? We're going to have to plant vineyards? We're going to have to work the field? What? Where is God? Come on, this makes sense. The millennials of that day, what soil? Work for food? But I've just been doing this and we get it. If you want to walk the promise out, you've got to see what the plan is so you can get into the promise. You can't always rest only on what you have done. You have to rest on what you're believing God to do by faith. Oh, it was so much better back then. That, that attitude will create bitterness in your heart. Are you getting this? Well, I just wish it was like it was. I, now, you got to hear me. My first point was, you thank God. And there's rocks saying of what he did. So I'm not putting down anything that we did. But we can't be more committed to that than we are to tomorrow. See, we're committed more to what we did than what God's going to do tonight. Last night was awesome, but I'm just telling you, that was just, that was great, and I'll never forget it, but you wait for tonight. Well, you just, Pastor, your, your glass is always half full. You don't understand how real people think. I understand how real people think, but I know that I don't have to be like everybody that the real world is trying to get us to think by. I want to think like God's told me to think, and I want to lead people into a new thinking. Lord, help us not to think and believe that the best days are behind us. Come on. It, oh, man, that was just the best days. That was the great. You didn't have air conditioning when you were growing up. That wasn't good. <laughs> Praise God you're sitting here comfortable today. See, in, in the last days, here's what the Word says. He's going to pour His Spirit out on all flesh. That should be exciting for the church. There is a future. There is a hope. There is a, God's doing a new thing. And if we can believe that, then we can set ourselves up believing the new promise that he's getting ready to pour his spirit out on all flesh. See, those of us that are involved in his church and working hard for the kingdom and looking forward to what is to come, we live with an excitement. You're here this morning because you're excited. You're excited that faith's being built. You want to go to the next new the sad thing is, tomorrow you'll go, boy, that was the greatest conference I've ever been to. Thursday, now what are we going to do? I'm going to stay plugged in. I'm going to stay in the Word. I'm going to get more and more promises. And that was just a start. And I'm going to put some rocks here so I can go back and say, what are those stones? Those, that's where God really did something. But let me tell you, as I knew He did it then, He revealed some things that needed to be cut away. And now I'm more committed to the future than I am the past. I would love for people that say they're 
sold out to a vision, to a church, and this is a pastor's heart, and I'm just saying it, to evaluate their life and say, am I living the kind of life that's believing for the promise for the church? Am I, if every, and cliche line here, but if every church member was just like me, where would the church be? Are you committed enough to the future that you're committed to the church? Because God said he's coming back for a glorious church. And I, I'm, the, I'm committed to the church. When the doors are open, you can count on me being there. I want to be a part. And it's not because I have to. It's a privilege I get to. It's a, it's, I just, well, I have to preach. You'll never hear me say that. I have to preach that week. I don't have to do nothing. I get to. It's a privilege for me to be around God's people and walking in the plan to get to the promise. It's a privilege. It doesn't hurt when, well, oh, that cutting away, that's hard. It is hard, but if you're committed to the future, you see why you're doing it, and then it makes it purposeful. It's where I'm going. God, we're mindful of what you have done, and we thank him for it. Come on, we're mind, God, we're willing to cut away what needs to be gone because we know there's a future faith victory that we're walking into. And we're willing to live in the future you have for us and be more committed to that than what we were committed to in the past. Today, by faith, by faith, we're implementing a plan because we believe in the promise. Anybody get anything today out of that? Just a little teaching that I wanted to encourage you with today. Yeah, praise the Lord. Y'all stand with me this morning. Just have a word of prayer. Simple, quick, and easy, but I think if you get those three points, I think it'll make a difference in how you live life by faith. How you live life by faith. Pray your blessing, God's blessing on your day. And tonight, 7 o'clock, don't be late. I, one of my favorite speakers is going to be here. She's on the second row. And I'm telling you, she never, ever stands behind a place where God has appointed her to stand behind. She never stands behind there that she's not prepared and done her part. And I'm telling you, God always shows up and does his. And it's going to be a great night. Let's just pray and believe that. Father, your truth today is evident in our life. And I pray that it would continue to be. Lord, this, just the three things we talked about, it's who we are. I thank you for what you have done. We each want to, we thank you for what you have done. I'm so grateful for 46 years ago, Christian Ministries Church, a vision starting here. And Lord, the plan and the purpose that it is fulfilled in so many people's lives because someone was obedient and just committed to the plan. Father, I'm grateful for that. Lord, and through the years, there's so many things you've cut off me, and there's a lot more that I've got to do. I've got to get cut away. And Lord, every day, you reveal those to me so I can walk into the new. I can be a part of the plan. And Father, right now, we as a church, we as a people, we individually as Christian men and women of God, today, we say we're more committed to the future than we are the past. We're committed to what you're doing and what you're going to do. We give you praise for it now, and I thank you for a great day. Your blessing on the people, and, uh, and bring us back tonight safe for a great evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us each week for the CMC Podcast. Go to cmchurch.com for more information about all the great things CMC has for you.